You're listening to Redemption Cast, Season 5, Episodes 15 and 16, A Hole in the World and Shells. When Fred is on her deathbed due to a sarcophagus, the team fight to save her, but lose because Joss is an evil, evil man. And though her soul is lost, her shell is taken over by an ancient and powerful demon. Angels of Vampire Who has a soul and it's time for a fresh start. He, Wesley, Fred, Gunn, and Lorne are now in charge of Whipperman Heart. Spike got another chance. Welcome to the WB's Best Romance. Angels of Vampire and this is his show. Necrotempered glass blocks sunlight, so Kim S O D. My name is Robin. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Kimberly. Hey, Kimberly. (laughs) We have a guest. Uh, Her name is Jen. Uh, She's going to be invisible for the first few minutes of this episode, but she will be joining us soon. Mm -hmm. But uh, by now, you've probably, folks, you've probably heard like uh, Kim's uh, quiet commentaries. (laughs) (laughs) So you you release them first. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second, we're recording. You probably won't even hear this. I know, but like when you're saying it at the end, we've already, like when they when they hear it, they they we will already have recorded this. So okay, Kim was asking yeah. for feedback at the end of <laughs> the commentary. I was trying so hard to to um to talk throughout it, but I kept one I kept forgetting, and two I was um I was really paying attention. So it was so good, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. There was a lot happening, and I was just yeah, like, I can't. I I was trying to pay attention because I'm like, is this information going to be important? And then I was like, oh, I kept thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't pay so much attention and just enjoy it. And then I was just like, okay, so I've missed this entire scene because I'm having this <laughs> inner monologue with myself. <laughs> but but yeah, it was a, it was a lot, and I thought it was really really awesome. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. much. I mean. Like like I told you before, like it is. It, I'm so glad it worked out mathematically that we're talking about these two episodes together because they are pretty much a part one and part two. Okay, yeah. So it's like what happened, and then you see what happened, and totally. I was getting a little bit annoyed by Wesley, but other than that, it was it yeah, was okay. That. I was only annoyed with him because he was he was he kept shooting people. <laughs> <laughs> That, that unnecessarily, <laughs> but he was just brooding so hard, and I was just like, "Oh, this is annoying." But I, mm-hmm. I get it, I get it. And then I was having like a little bit of like, "Why couldn't they do this for Cordelia?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's tough. Yeah. It, it is. You definitely think about that. I mean, it's so. I mean, especially in the way we're go- doing it, like two at a time. It is so soon after yeah. Cordy's exit that it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, you know. It's like surely we won't lose two, uh, mm-hmm. you know, members <laughs> yeah. of the crew at the same time. Yeah, like Kim said that in her commentary. <laughs> uh-huh. like, oh, they just killed Cordy. They're not going to kill Fred. <laughs> well, not even that. It's just the way that they, like, all these guys, like, mm-hmm. they're all rallying around her, and they're all acting like this is the. I have to do this for this female, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like nothing against that, but I was just like, come on, 
I mean, you yeah. girls all just want to be rescued, right? I mean, Apparently. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm doing it also, right. And we're not <laughs> we're not used to seeing them lose. Mm-hmm. We're no. not used to seeing them not succeed, and especially uh-huh. as resolute as they were and determined to save Fred, it was shocking when they couldn't. Yeah. Now, this is the final episode in the Buffyverse that is written and directed by Joss Whedon. This is, this oh, is the really last ever. one that, he's, that he ever reads re- re- and directs. He, does, he co-writes the finale, but he okay. doesn't direct it. He okay. was going to do Smile Time. Right. But he had this idea. This idea came up. He had told mm-hmm. uh, Amy that he wanted to kill her off and bring her back as another character. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Steph has listened to the commentary, so mm-hmm. we'll be getting, Yeah, I, I really want to listen to it, though. It is one with Joss, Amy Acker, and Alexis Stanisoff. So Amy Acker laughs the entire time because, <laughs> oh, Josh, you're... Josh. Ooh. Josh. <laughs> oh, Josh, you're so funny. Put, put a penny in the Josh Eden jar. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Alexis isn't very talkative, he, he just is there, and uh, <laughs> I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Kim move. <laughs> Get it together, Alexis. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, our guest will be joining us soon, but uh, why don't we get into a hole in the world? Um, Let's do so it. Uh, we start off with a, a flashback. We're in Texas. This is before Fred goes off to college. Mm-hmm. And um, but she's going to grad school. Grad school, sorry. Yeah. So I I do love and there's I, I don't people sleep in drawers really. <laughs> I mean Fred's Baby, dad's really Baby's old. <laughs> like Great Depression probably grew up during. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagine Great Depression kids all slept in drawers and I'm that old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dust bowl. Dust bowl. Yeah. Grapes of wrath. Carnival. Yeah. Shout out to our our guest that would have been here, Matt, who is having uh, having his uh, whiskey, getting his whiskey on, mm-hmm. um, and is silently judging me right now. Um, <laughs> but we'll have feedback from him later. Uh, I do love the quote here. I love you like pancakes, but I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her pancakes. She loves her pancakes. Um. And then, it, so the, the flashback kind of finishes off by her saying, "I'm going to learn everything. I'm, it, but it's you know, I'm I'm just going to be kind of like living a dull and boring life." And then we cut to Fred being a complete badass with a flamethrower, killing demon eggs. <laughs> that was cool. Just like looks like Ripley, basically from Aliens. Yes, very cool. Away. Very cool. <laughs> and then hashtag Fredly. Uh, get their uh, smooch on in front of flaming demon eggs. Is that a good hashtag? Is that a no, Fredly? I don't like it. I mean, would you call it like... I don't want to call it anything. <laughs> was, was a Fred? <laughs> was a Fred. <laughs> uh, right, I'm trying to... Windum... Windurkle? Windurkle? Sure. That's, that's cuter. Anyway, hashtag Spangel. Our uh, bickering is always... <laughs> um, like, I honestly forget that, that Fred and, and uh, Wesley... We're together, and I was just like, "Oh, are they dream- someone dreaming?" <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, wait a second. No, they are yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Joss giveth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. 
He did. And I just love the comedy here with Spike, like, ran a sword through Angel to kill a demon bug that was on his back rather than just <laughs> knocking it off his back. Um, and meanwhile, as you uh, noted in your, your commentary, Knox is very surprised to be accepting the delivery of a sarcophagus to the science lab. And it's like... You know, he knew it was coming, and he was yeah. by himself. The thing is, the thing is, it was a red herring because he was by himself. Yeah, nobody, nobody else was there with him. If someone else was there with him, I could like, okay, he's 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 playing the game. Mm-hmm. But did you notice that stuff? Like he like acts like, oh, what's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, wow. There's no way that we could tell yeah. that Knox was involved until <laughs> that middle of the episode. Yeah. yeah. But he's always been very suspicious to me. I just, ugh, whatever. Shit, I, couldn't, I didn't even remember his name until the second episode. I was <laughs> yeah. like, ah, Knox. Yeah, and I, 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 you kind of felt like something had to come of of uh, Fred not choosing him and choosing mm-hmm. Wesley. Mm-hmm. You knew something, but you didn't know it was going to be this. No, not at all. Uh, you know, and throughout the episode, you know, I don't make a lot of mention of this in my own notes, but I mean, Knox is there working with the team, or or at least pretending to work with the team. Yeah, because yeah. he is. Uh, he's he comes up with the idea to freeze her cryogenically. Yeah, yeah. Walt Disney. And then later he discovers that it, oh, that's not going to work. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe that was a stalling tactic. Like, let's yeah, work totally. on this a while. Yeah. Uh, so we have Gunn getting caught singing Gilbert and Sullivan, and then starts <laughs> busting so into a rap. <laughs> that was okay, my J- favorite part. Yeah, Josh says that it has to do with him getting all lawyered up, and I don't know what that means. But he's a lawyer. But I don't know how that relates to Pirates of Penzance. Oh, oh, three. It's like a. It's like a three pretty maids or something like that. He's like, what is the what is the musical she means? She thinks has to do with him being a lawyer. That's what she, I think, Steph is asking. Correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's somebody screaming at there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Gilbert and Sullivan fan. We screwed up. <laughs> we screwed fan. Up. <laughs> you say like one. <laughs> <laughs> you say fans. Sorry to the one of you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Direct all your hate mail to redemptioncast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, but I expect it to be in verse. <laughs> uh, I like this little scene. Um, I mean, Gunn jokes with Wesley about how he and Fred are back together. I mean, like, it, it is a little bit of, I mean, in today's, I don't know. Is it is it a today thing where it's kind of like, oh, this is also kind of gross that they're just like, well, it, is she my girl, your girl kind of thing? Mm. You know, it's my right to get a dig in on you for dating the girl that I was dating before, you know? Well, they had to address it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had yeah, to it was it. a interesting way of letting the audience know what the relationships were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, Lauren was supposed to be in that scene, but they cut him out. Why? Yeah. For time, because yeah. it was like 10 minutes too long. Oh, he was there, but they just cut him out. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, if you watch shows and you think, that actor is not looking at the actor that he's supposed to be talking to. Maybe they cut somebody out. Because I noticed in the last Doctor Who episode with the Donald Trump character, like, he's talking to the doctor and, and but he's not looking at her in her general direction at all. 
So maybe they cut a character out. I just really surprised that you swore on the podcast, but uh, we'll, we'll try to get past. <laughs> yeah, well, it's he's he's kind of like a Donald Trump character, oh, but they, but also they say that this person doesn't like Donald Trump, so he's like a rival he, of Donald. Okay, Trump. he's going to show up. That's our guest, by the way, this week on Redemption Guest. Seth said his name three times. <laughs> No, it's I don't a Halloween think, episode. I don't think he'll show up in Alabama. You know when he came or to, Vermont for that matter. Or yeah, Canada. you know when he when he came down to uh, do his rally because he was campaigning for somebody in Alabama. He couldn't even come to Alabama. He went to Pensacola. <laughs> uh, so, um, so Gunn tells Wesley. Uh, I, I do love actually. I mean. Yes, again, it is kind of like, oh, does this woman belong to me or belong to you kind of thing. But um, Gunn kind of notes that, you know, it's it's nice that Wesley's at a point where he he would actually ask if it's all right with him rather than just, you know. I mean, it's almost like, like here's Wesley right now, but Wesley actually is going to get a lot worse and so is their relationship. Their relationship mm-hmm. is going to go to crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we had dark Wesley, but, you know, a lot of that had to do with uh, Connor and he doesn't remember Connor. So, I uh-huh. mean, I don't know if it's the the show kind of also going, well, we do like Wesley with a bit of stubble and being, uh, you know, angry all the time or broody, you know, uh-huh. what's going to get him that way again. But, you know, without the whole stealing Connor, getting his throat slit, like no memory of that. He's he's back to just kind of being regular old Wesley, but yeah. yeah. Um, so gun tells Wesley, they found the apartment where Lindsay was living. Um, and he shows him the lease and says he was hiding under the name Doyle, but, uh, the lease actually says Lindsay McDonald. (laughs) And it also says that Mike Nichols is his landlord. Who's like a famous director, (laughs) the graduate. Um, um, Meanwhile, Angel and Spike are having another heated conversation, this time about who would win in a fight, cavemen or astronauts. So we're going to have to come down definitively uh, on this podcast (laughs) about... I feel like that's so dated. What do you mean? Don't you you think that like 10 years ago, that was a thing that people would argue, like Enterprise versus Millennial Millennium Falcon, Mm -hmm. or this versus that? I think people still do that now. Do they? Have we stopped arguing about things? Oh my gosh. I don't think it's ever gone away. It's just me? I thought you were talking about like Caveman versus Astronauts uh, in particular, that argument. But you're like, all arguments are 10 years ago. It's dated. No, I mean, this thing, this... Versus thing. Debating versus oh, yeah. Superman, Batman. Yeah. I mean, it's Marvel, Superman, DC. Yeah. Uh, so, cavemen versus astronauts. I mean, seriously, uh, we have ca- cavemen uh, who are dumb as, rock, dumb as a rock, but astronauts are smart. Yeah, but also, like, astronauts are not, like, known for being, like, super strong. Brute strength. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're smart. I love how this like goes off into other conversations about like like Wesley wondering if like the astronauts are armed like an angel is like defiantly like no. Well, I mean, an astronaut can is so smart they could make an, a weapon out of something, and uh-huh. a caveman can't really. Right, it's just pure in- instinct. Yeah, 
But Doug Petrie, it must have been the year before. He, they, he said Doug Petrie came down and wrote this on their blackboard. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Buffy and Angel Riders were like a a, 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 a floor apart. Uh-huh. And they just needed something dumb for Angel and Spike to argue about. <laughs> well, that was it. And Josh said they finally found a girl that works with Angel. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, no, uh, no, Spike. I wonder if oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he was thinking that that David doesn't have chemistry with any of these females that they're throwing at him. I've seen Maybe. some. Uh, I see some good, uh, some smolder between him and Buffy, especially. Oh well, yeah, and, Buffy, but like nobody Cordy. lately. Cordy, yes, but yeah, but like uh, werewolf girl, no. Yeah, all right. Well, actually, you know, before we get too far off the topic, oh, we've called Jim's in an here. expert here. Uh, who uh, can you hear us, Jen? Unmute mm, yourself, Jen. Unmute, unmute yourself. I'm trying. There you okay. are. Okay. Now, Jen, uh, really important question I need to ask you, and I'm going to need your expert opinion as you know a professional. Uh, okay. Uh, cavemen versus astronauts. Oh, oh, good. We're already there. Uh... <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, I'm, I actually wanted to skip to this and just skip the whole beginning of the episode. But, uh, you know, Kim and Steph made me walk through it. So. Well, did... <laughs> did... We can actually end the podcast after we figure this out. Did you answer Wesley's question of if they could have tools? Well, Angel and Spike said no. Okay. I still think I gotta go with astronauts. Really? Like, yes, the cavemen have brute force, but I feel like the astronauts would be sneaky, and they probably played a lot of puzzle games, and they could outsmart them. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I go with astronauts. I mean, everybody in accounts receivable says astronauts don't stand a chance. <laughs> well, the whole thing, <laughs> the whole point of this was to get Angel and Spike arguing. To where it was a drastic shift to when they all decided that they had to help Fred. Mm -hmm. And it did work. It worked really well. Okay, so, I mean, that's great and everything. But, like, okay, so Jen says astronauts (laughs) and Steph says astronauts. Kim? I don't know. I'm on the fence. Fred actually says that if cavemen have fire, then it's only fair that astronauts have weapons. But we clearly say no weapons. Mm-hmm. But tools aren't necessarily weapons. If you can bash somebody with them, I guess. they're yeah. weapons. But, but they could have tools to trick them. Who well, the like astronauts? A mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think to be an astronaut, you have to have, you know, physical think, prowess and smarts. And cavemen just have physical prowess. I think mm-hmm. you have to just make sure you're you don't ever throw up. Like you can't throw up, or you lose the job. <laughs> If you're an astronaut. <laughs> I mean, Joaquin Phoenix got into space camp. You know, I don't think he's like a, especially at like eight years old. He wasn't a, and his name was Leaf back then. So. <laughs> you can, anybody gets in space camp. You got the money. You got to yeah, space exactly. camp. Space camp. It's just two hours from my house. One hour from my house. Oh, I want to go. It's cavemen. It's definitely cavemen. Cavemen will just bash the crap out of astronauts. They would have no chance. They're wild. They're primal. I think there's more variables. Like, you can't just say astronauts versus cavemen. I have too many more questions. Right. 
Like what cavemen? Like from what period of time? Because they could have tools too. Yeah. Because Mm. in 2001 Space Odyssey, they used a bone as a weapon. Right. And that That was like. Darn obelisk taught them violence and we were screwed from then on. That wasn't even cavemen. That was like apes or whatever. Primates. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kim, what do you think? I don't know. Come on, you have to pick. Uh, Oh, damn it, guys. (laughs) You're all against me. All right. Email us at uh, redemptioncast at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll move past that. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So uh, so Knox uh, mentions that he's good with uh, Fred dating Wesley. And they have a little conversation about that. So all the men get to make sure they have their opinion on whether Fred and Wesley are dating is good. Yeah. Uh, that's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Except for Angel who didn't know. Yeah. Right. Well, he was busy with Cordelia. Yeah. Uh, And that's when Fred touches the sarcophagus and gets some uh, sarcophagus in her face. Okay. I mean, that's twice I... I wrote Agent Air in my notes, but I thought I'd use that joke again because Jen hadn't heard it. (laughs) So sorry, guys. (laughs) We're all caught up. It's definitely cavemen and sarcophagus is a great joke. Okay, moving on. Uh, so Angel and Spike are about to break up. Angel, like a typical you know CEO, is offers Spike to set him up at whatever apartment he wants, anywhere but here. Um, and uh, I just love how this like it's so like leaning on the fact that this is like you know a relationship. You know, that there, there's emotions involved, you know, um, and, you know, cut to later. Well, they, the, they have such a history. They have, yeah. you know, centuries mm-hmm. of history together. Right. Um, so Wesley and Fred make a date for later and uh, their affection is so sweet that it actually sends Lauren off. <laughs> it's oh, like, oh, yeah. Boy. Josh says, oh, two people are happy on my show? I must have one of them vomiting up blood. <sighs> He's so evil. But we actually get a beat that they've used a couple times before, but I always love it when somebody sings and then Lauren immediately, like the music like drops and Lauren turns around like, what? You know, but it's because Lauren knows that Fred's on her way out. And uh, she coughs blood into Wesley's face and falls into mm. Lauren's arms. That was uh, shocking. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It was a stunt. Thing. It was a stunt. Fred and a stunt Lauren. Ah, I was wondering. I backed it up a couple times, but I wasn't sure. Um. So uh, Fred wakes up with all her boys around the bed, uh-huh. <laughs> like Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> you were there. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, they all promise to save her. And I, I love that Fred kind of calls back to when we uh, first meet her and through the looking glass where she says, handsome man saves me to Angel. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they go to work. 
uh, the, they find out it's a parasitic agent. The, her organs are going to liquefy in a day. Mm. And Spike says, I don't want to take everybody's quotes, you know, but uh, he doesn't say that, but I didn't want to take everybody's quotes. So <laughs> go ahead. Like, no, not this girl, not this day. And then Angel says, guys, I'll say it anyway. Winifred Burkle, go. And, uh, <sighs> All right, so this isn't going to be like the body. We're, you know, we're going to hold it together today. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it light. All right, so uh, some rando lawyer gets on Wesley's case because all of the resources are now dedicated to Fred. So Wesley uh, shoots him in the leg and asks his assistant so to bring stupid. anyone else not working on Miss Burkle's case to him. Like this got me mad. I was just like, calm down, Wesley. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. He's angry, but. All logic can't go out the window. He's reverting to, is it season two when he gets super angry? Uh, are we talking, are we talking about, yeah, are we talking about like after he takes Connor? Because I think that was season yeah. three. Okay, sorry. But yeah. he's going back to like where he's only in like, he, it's like he gets into a one track mind. Yeah. And he, he what exactly. he says goes, he can't, like, he doesn't think about other people. I mean, well, they're all thinking about Fred, but he's just like, this is what has to happen, and we're going to do it my way. Right. Yeah. He's going back to that version of Wesley. I know, and, and it is it is very much like, I mean, I can understand him shooting lawyers <laughs> after Fred dies, and but, like, this is, this is this is a little bit like, whoa, dude! Um, the lawyer was kind of acting like a douche, though. I mean, that's how I took it. <laughs> You know, we, as we know, the the rule is all douches get bullets in the legs. <laughs> just, you know, and, and, okay. Uh, so Gunn goes to the white room and gets beat around by himself, and who tells himself that the senior partners are not here for his convenience. And Gunn offers his life, but they say they already have it. And uh, J. August Richards actually said it was one of the most fun things he's ever done in the show, which was fight himself. Best scene I ever had on the show is not having to share with anybody else but me. No. <laughs> so we go to uh, Lindsay's apartment. Uh, Angel, Spike, and Lauren go there. Why is why is why is uh, 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 what's her name? Eve. Eve. Why is she so freaked out? I think because she was helping Lindsay, and she's worried that the senior partners like that's why she's hiding there because she knows the senior partners can't find her. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was she helping Lindsay? Where's Lindsay? What happened? I can't remember. What did Lindsay do? Well, I mean, he tried to release like a beast at the bottom of from heart to, to kill Angel. Um, okay. I mean, they did, per- she did pretend to, to have orders from the senior partner. She like spoke on the behalf of senior partners, but not actually, you know, this was nothing they said. It was stuff that her and Lindsay were planning together. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so, uh, I got another quote here, unless anybody has a quote for the scene. Uh, uh, Angel says, well, I'll be damned again, which is uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eve wonders why they would even care about Fred and Lauren quickly punches her. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Everybody's going dark today. And he says, you're going to sing to me. And he recounts a time when Fred once told him that people uh, would choose to be green, his shade, of course. And then he that threatens. Was, Go ahead. That, was, that was weird. I didn't understand that. Oh, you just recounted. I, 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 that she I, was giving him a compliment. Yeah. Like, just yeah. out of the blue, she's, like, mentioned, like, 
you know, like if any if people were going to be green, you know, people were going to be a different color, they'd pick green or something like that, or his his shade. Maybe when Lauren was feeling down, I guess about maybe not being able to walk amongst mortal amongst mortals. I don't know. Um. So uh, yeah, uh, Lauren threatens to kill Eve if he finds out that she's involved. And uh, the so song he- that she sings is the same song Lindsay sang in season two. two. Yep, written by David Greenwald. Mm-hmm. Okay, because so I was like, what song is she singing? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, he sang it at Caritas on mm-hmm. his acoustic. The episode is Dead End. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Thompson, who plays Eve, uh, actually grew up doing musical theater and had begged Joss Whedon to allow her character to sing. <laughs> so, <laughs> here you go, kid. <laughs> A couple of bars of this, and then Lauren com- immediately cuts you off. <laughs> Uh, so Lauren says it's not her, but her future is not looking too bright. Um, so Eve actually does offer a little bit of info. She tells them to look into this, uh, deeper well. Which is a reference to an Emmy Lou Harris song. Yeah. Uh, anybody listen to Emmy Lou Harris? Uh-uh. <laughs> um, and Illyria is from Twelfth Night. Ah, okay. Did you say Illyria? You know, I know the whole time I was like, Illyrio's not listening to this. Oh, I have been Illyria. waiting so For long to make years. Illyrio jokes, and he leaves the podcast. Oh. Hopefully, he'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, the deeper well is a burial ground for the old ones, and the monarch warrior from the demon age left adrift in it, Illyria. And Wesley says that. Uh, he thinks that Fred's skin is hardening because she's being hollowed out to host Illyria. Yuck. So Angel and Spike get on a jet, or Kim disagrees that it's a jet. <laughs> I'm like, that's no jet. <laughs> <laughs> why, uh, why is it not a jet? <laughs> well, to me, I was thinking like a jet, like the ones that the army uses <laughs> to get there super fast. That's like oh. a, yeah. I just figured it was like a smaller but faster plane. I, it would I, have I thought it was like powered by supernatural forces. That's all I thought. <laughs> I love them on the plane. Yeah. Some of my fa- they're like my favorite scenes. Not my favorite <laughs> scenes, but some of my favorite Angel Spike scenes when they're on the plane because they've mm-hmm. never been on the plane before. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe I've been lucky enough to fly a lot and whenever I've had people who've like never flown before as my seatmates they're always so excited it's ex- it's you know the excitement is contagious and so then mm-hmm. I see their like nervousness about flying and it just makes me laugh because I'm like oh it's so much fun to fly <laughs> Kim is it fun to fly sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> no <laughs> are you all jaded and over it because no, do you different. fly every day uh, when the weather's nice, yeah. Like we didn't fly today because it was because like, it's gross. It's so disgusting out. Hmm. But um, yeah, but I don't fly like like commercial airplane flies. Like we we like I fly where you can see out the window all the time. Uh-huh. And yeah, so it's you not, fly in a I, helicopter. Yes, I don't have. Yes, I don't have. Um, like flight attendants bringing me stuff. <laughs> You're not comfy. Well, no, a commercial airline, have... the flight attendants aren't bringing you stuff anymore unless you pay for it. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I don't have um, 
I don't have leg room. Like, zero leg room. Also, yeah. not on commercial planes. <laughs> <laughs> I flew in a helicopter for the first time uh, last month when we went to the beach. Mm-hmm. And I got sick. Yeah. Yeah, I got oh, sick. So I got sick a lot the first time, too. You just get used to it? It's not pleasant. But yeah, it I took me about, I honestly, it took me about six months to get used to it. And then, because I'd always come down and feel queasy. Mm-hmm. And then... I remember going away on vacation for a couple weeks and then coming back and the first flight I was not feeling it. And then I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And yeah, but now, now I'm, now I'm totally used to it. All right. So they're on their way to the deeper, deeper well, and they find out about this, that if evil gets out of the deeper well, it can actually be drawn back in from there. Um, Oh, so we still have hope. There is still hope. Well, it is a Whedon show, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot yeah, of people check the credits on the way in. <laughs> but I was saying, Jen, earlier that we're used to Angel succeeding. We're not used to him failing mm-hmm. to help people he mm-hmm. wants to help. So um, it's only that much harder because it's Fred. Yeah. yeah. Fred. Uh, Fred. Uh, then goes to she gets out of her bed and she has to work. She goes to the lab and she's yeah. Josh says Josh says that she she has to fight that mm-hmm. she can't just lay in bed and give up. Mm-hmm. And, she, and uh, Amy had to wear ugly shoes because there were glass and she could have stepped on the broken glass. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I won't I won't be I won't be cut down by some monster flu. I am better than that. And she wanted to cry through this scene, but Josh said, nope, you're going to cry later. This scene is not crying. Mm. Uh. Mm. But Fred is weak and um, asks Wesley to grab his uh, his book and bring her home. And so meanwhile, we're on the, on the jet with Angel and he's brooding about how he can't lose Fred like he lost Cordy. Uh-huh. And Josh is like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, then we go back to Fred and Wesley. Fred cries as she starts to lose her memory, which is just like, oh my god! Can you imagine? Just like within a day, just yeah, this is it. This is it. Um, and then she has Wesley use his book to uh, read her favorite story to her, which is uh, a little princess. Um, which uh, is actually uh, Joss's favorite book, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said it's one of his inspirations for the creation of Buffy, apparently. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know a little princess very well, so I can't say. Um, later, she actually says that the light hurts her eyes, and of course, the cavemen win. <laughs> okay, so what? Fred's with me. So All right. We we oh. Yeah. Um, down on the ground. Angel and Spike hold hands as they face an oncoming <laughs> militia. Um, Just like they did in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. <laughs> uh, was it the Angel, Angel was trying to tell Spike what they were going to do. You know, hold my hand, and he said, "Oh, like we did in Amsterdam," or there was oh, some right, reference right, of yeah. like so. So Spike would know what the plan was, right? I don't know if you have this quote. From, is this, this quote comes from the commentary at all, but Josh says, uh, Spike and Angel, they were hanging out for years and years and years. They were all kinds of deviant. Are people thinking that they never... Come on, people. They're open-minded guys. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's razor wire that they pull out and they're, they fight them off. And that's when Drogon shows up 
and Drogon is very sensitive about being asked questions. Uh-huh. And Angel says it's because he cannot lie. So Angel knows him. Mm-hmm. And we see a door and a tree open, and Spike says it might be the door to Christmas Land. And uh, <laughs> this is a reference to the Christmas movie Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Okay. Um, yes, I saw you felt very strongly about that. I still do. Okay. Because you know it's it's a Christmas movie. Um, anyway, so uh, this is when Knox suggests that they freeze Fred. Uh, Gunn joins in to work on it. Knox researches, but freezing won't work. He confesses to F- Gunn. He doesn't. He, he doesn't just like Fred. He practice, practically worships it. It. Mm. Oops. Um, Knox admits that he chose Fred because she's worthy. You think I'd have my god hatched out of some schmuck? He tells Gunn that everything was set in motion millions of years ago and it can't be stopped. Angel won't save Fred. I don't mean that Angel's going to fail to save her. I mean he's going to let her die. (sighs) And then Knox uh, later says that L.A. is the base of Illyria's powers. Uh, Montreal is the base of Illyria's powers. Um, And uh, he got... Uh, uh, the sarcophagus stuck in customs And Gunn was the one who signed for it And Gunn then like Freaks out and knocks him out And it looks like he like caves his skull in oh. And I wrote down Cavemen win again uh, <laughs> <laughs> But we, like, we find out the next episode He didn't actually get killed um, Meanwhile back in the deeper well Drogon says that Illyria's Sarcophagus disappeared a month ago and it was predestined. We get a look at the deeper well. Um, it is pretty huge. Um, Drogon doesn't mind when Angel asks how far down it goes for some reason. <laughs> Even though he gets mad about every other question. He says he goes all the way through the earth. Um, Drogon says that if they bring the sarcophagus back to the well, Illyria will leave Fred, but will kill every single person on its way here. They they are going to die in agony if you save Fred. Uh, uh-huh. Which Angel then says to hell with the world. Um, but later, Spike stares at the well and says, Man, "You guys have to have this quote, right?" I figured you would write it down. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hole in the world. Feels like we ought to have known. Um, and, uh, just a note here, the character Drogon, who is established as someone who cannot lie, was introduced so that when he says Fred cannot be saved, the audience is going to believe it. Um, uh-huh. That's what Joss says. Meanwhile, Fred is losing her mind. She gets upset about her B minus and that she's being punished for it. And she starts talking to someone else saying, I'm with him. He's with me. And then she says to Wesley, my boys, I walk with heroes. <laughs> Fred asks Wesley if he would have loved her. He says he loved her since before he met her. Fred asks him to tell her parents that it was quick and that she was brave. She starts saying she's not scared. And then finally she says. What? Why you can't okay? I stay? Please, Wesley, why can't I stay? <laughs> and then she goes limp. And suddenly, Wesley is pushed across the room. She falls off the bed. She stands up. Her hair, her eyes, her skin, all bluish. And she says, this will do. Yeah, that was so disturbing because, I mean, she just went lifeless. Mm -hmm. Uh She looked 
DEA dead. Yeah. DEAD, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I watched this the first time, I was like, what the fuck? What did you guys fucking do to Fred? It's Fred. Yeah. She's like my surrogate Willow for this show. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't hurt Willow and you don't hurt Fred. (laughs) I just wonder why, I mean, I guess because it was 10 minutes too long, but why she couldn't stay. Dead longer. I don't. It was just so abrupt. Wow, you're me. Well, you know, it was just so weird. Abrupt when she came back. When yeah. Illyria just popped up, like. Hmm. Oh, I kind of like that shock, though. Yeah, like too. was sorry. I don't know if you talked about this at the beginning. Is there a break between these two episodes, or did did I they air one- week to week? I think they're one week after the other. They didn't wait, okay. air them to uh, February 25th, 2004, and March 3rd, 2004. So, yeah, okay. a week after each other, yeah. Because I only watched these on DVD, so I didn't know if it, it was like like if it was a big shock, like, and then there was a break to wait to the other one or not. So, yeah, actually, it's a good to mark that date in time is like February 25th. If you go back in time in a time machine, you'll see me screaming at a TV and then crying. <laughs> Uh, there's no, there's, there was just com- credits, commercials onto whatever it was coming up next on the WB. Not this. Oh, let's watch the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cruel. Um, according to Joss, he was uh, reading Shakespeare with uh, Alexis and Amy, and mm-hmm. suddenly decided to kill Fred and allow Amy to play an entirely different character. And another account says that Joss told Amy Acker that Fred was going to die at the wedding of Alexis Denisoff and Allison Hannigan. Oh, okay. So I don't know which is true or if he got the idea and then he told her later or whatever. Um, Joss says, I cried man tears when I wrote it. Remember when we said man tears? Uh, I cried yeah. man tears. <laughs> I cried man tears when I wrote it and when I filmed it and when I edited it. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever filmed. Amy Acker agrees, saying, we kept crying while we were reading the script, saying, we're not going to have any tears left. Of course, that didn't really hold true. The final death scene was challenging for Alexis Denisoff as well, who says, there's sort of a tightening that happens with each scene where you feel it just getting worse and worse. And I remember when we were shooting it, that was what kept choking me up. The situation of losing Fred was becoming more and more real and closer. Uh-huh. And after filming the scene where Fred dies, uh, Joss, Amy, and Alexis went out for drinks and ended up just sitting around quietly, exhausted from the day's events. I was saying, um, they must have been emotionally spent. Have you guys, has everybody here seen uh, Marvel's The Avengers? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Uh, The post-credit scene that, you know, that's the movie Josh directed that movie, right? Excuse me. No. Wait. Did he direct the Avengers? Yeah. I didn't even do an Age of Ultron. Okay. I was like, uh, what? Uh, um, The uh, post-credit scene is the Avengers after the huge battle, uh, Mm -hmm. silently eating in a shawarma restaurant. Yeah. and Joss got the inspiration for that scene from this moment in time when they were oh. went through the battle of well, that's filming that. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, this episode is so cinematic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing to me what he could do on that set. Mm-hmm. And just in the bedroom. 
and how just gut wrenching it it was Philbin Fred's death in that bedroom mm-hmm. because it was so like he says uh, when when she's in the lab and she wanted as an actress she wanted to cry during that scene he was like no that comes later right now you're not crying because we still have a day and a half to go you're still you have it's just a whole day and a half of dying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh says, I thought it would be really funny to kill Amy. He and the others, other writers decided to kill Fred so that Amy Acker could play somebody new, somebody who's regal and scary and different than anything she's gotten to do on the show. The best way to do that, of course, is to kill her and have her become somebody else. Now, how long that is, I won't say, Kim. But <laughs> obviously, you know the next episode, she's playing a different character. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anything else on this episode? Before we rate it, I think um, that gun scene with Knox when he realizes oh, yeah. that he's the one who brought it, brought the coffin through to get his, you know, because he couldn't uh-huh. give up stuff is or his brain powers, whatever they're called, yeah. <laughs> um, is some of the best stuff that J. August Richard ever did on Angel. I think yeah. it's a really great uh-huh. scene. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of just kind of like skipped over a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, it, it's almost like he fully, he, he sort of internally destructs because he realizes that his selfishness led to this happening mm-hmm. or greatly contributed to it. And I just think he does a really yeah. amazing job. He did a better job acting in that scene than the scene where he's supposed to be good gun versus bad gun. I mean, which it was a very int- but it was a gimmicky. Yeah, I think yeah. he had fun that with that because it was just fun, you know. Yeah, it yeah. was just fun. But yeah, that you're right. That just it downing on him, his selfishness had caused this. That was great. Now, I don't yeah. know if you remembered Steph when we were watching the earlier episodes, but like when <laughs> guns having to sign that deal to sign something through customs, uh, you know, when you're we're when they're reminded of that in earlier episodes, I was like. Ugh. Yeah, I was worried that I tipped it off in the last one because I because I was like, oh, this this is a big thing. But then I was like, I don't think it'll. I don't think Kim will. (laughs) But I was worried. No, Kim totally spoiled. (laughs) I no didn't even clue in. All right, well, um, some props for Jay August, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I this this episode, well. uh, let's just rate and give our final thoughts there because I, I feel like I'm going to start summing my thoughts up. Uh, Jen, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So I think it's hard for me a little bit to rate these separately, but for me, these are like some of the best episodes of Angel, and I give 10 out of 10 uh, astronauts, which wasn't my <laughs> wasn't my original rating system, but since you feel so strongly... I'm going to say astronauts, and I just feel like exactly what Steph said, this episode and even the next one are very cinematic. Everything works together. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's doing their own thing, but they're working together as a team. It's unfortunate that such a tragic event had to bring them back to being a team because, you know, in the last episodes where they, you know, they did have their meeting, but then they were all going separate ways. And I Mm -hmm. sort of feel like the beginning of the season, they're all in their different departments of Wolfram and Hart, but we were missing kind of that angel team mm-hmm. that we came to really, you know, root for and follow. 
So having them all come together and this is just, yeah, it just, everything works really well. There's a, there's like beginning, middle, end ish going into the next one. And, um, I just really enjoy it. Cool. 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 Uh, Kim. Um, I agree with everything Jen's saying, but, um, um, it was, was yeah, because it's just, it's taken such a turn now because I think, I'm not sure if, um, they they knew that they were gearing up for the end or if they were gearing up for the end of the season. I I meant like, I meant like of the series. Yeah, they do. They know it's canceled by now. After, at the end of We Are Welcome, they they found out. Oh, yeah, okay. So, like, it just took a turn because I think they're kind of trying to find their uh, their voice for this season, you know, like, because a couple of the earlier episodes just felt like throwaway episodes. And now I think now it feels like, okay, we have an outline. We know what we're going to do. And I, I feel, I don't know, but it's going to be bang, 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 all the way to the mm-hmm. end. And so these two episodes, they just felt important. You know, like I, I just like, oh, I was so focused on, Retaining information, <laughs> whereas before, you know, the puppet episode, I know you guys were just like looking for a good laugh. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like glad I was able to provide that. But um, yeah, I I I I'm excited to see where things are going. I really I thought Amy Acker did an amazing job in these two episodes. I don't know, Wesley just oh he just I don't know. I, every time I saw him, I was getting annoyed on screen. So. I don't know, but I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it um, eight and a half blown out kneecaps. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Steph? Uh, well, I'm excited that, I, you know, these writers are fine. They're great, whatever. But for so long, Joss was busy with Firefly and he was busy with wrapping up Buffy and whatever. It seems like now he can focus on this and wrap it up. So every, I agree with everything that's been said. Ten out of ten book guys. <laughs> Isn't that what, what what they called Wesley? Yeah, yeah. Go be book man, book man, book man. Yeah, I forget. That was actually a ref. They they said that before. I think in Buffy. I think they called Giles that one time. Um, uh, yeah, I I love this again. It's just like you know, it's another one of those like top top ten Buffy verse episodes. Probably like top five Angel. I don't know something that's gonna really? rip my heart okay. out. Something that I'm gonna be really mm-hmm. interested in. Every character, like I get every single character. They just nail everything. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with this at all. I think it's pretty perfect. Um, uh, so I mean, I, I think it's uh, wonderful and. Uh, uh, I'm glad that Joss uh, gave us uh, one more real good one uh, uh, before we have to wade through all the crap that's coming up. No, I'm just kidding, Kim. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm glad he came back. He did he did uh, you know one last written and directed one for Buffy Person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, and I love Fred, and I'm gonna miss Fred, and uh, yeah. So uh, ten out of ten pancakes or kidney. Um, <laughs> so that gives it a 9.6. I felt, yeah, I, I don't uh, know. I didn't, this, I, oh wait, sorry. I didn't love it. Like I didn't, I wasn't jumping out of my seat being like, yeah. this is the greatest. 
Because I was getting angry at the characters. Like, I really was. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what I was supposed to, so. You're getting I'm, angry at Wesley. You weren't getting angry at anybody else, right? Well, I was getting angry of, like, how they were all, like, I get, I understand they're, they all love Fred, and they're all rallying around her. That's, like, but she's, to me, she's not an original. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted this for, I wanted this for Cordelia. I wanted this yeah. for, uh, you know, and it just feels like, uh, I'm, like, I'm not attached to Fred like I was Cordelia, you know? I anyway, think what happened yeah. with Cordelia is, you know, as mismanaged I, as we definitely talk about. I it. totally, I know, I know, but I'm story wise, you know, like forget all the politics of whatever. But I yeah. just like, come on, you know. No, I, th- I was just gonna say this is like this is shocking. This is like wham, like a freaking yeah clock to the head. Cordelia was like, yeah. what's going on? What's going on? She's acting weird. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like. She tries yeah. to kill everybody, and then everybody mm-hmm. hates her, and then all of a sudden she's in a coma off camera. <laughs> yeah, we got. I thought we got a great goodbye episode to her. Thankfully, and it wasn't completely ignored. No, she got her she, first she, call. She isn't. A, she isn't an original. I mean, uh-huh. but I don't know. She's close to an original. She was there mm-hmm. since uh, the end of season two. But uh, I just felt, it just felt contrived. Anyways, yes, let's let's move on. Okay. Uh, quotes. Any more quotes you guys have? I'm good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Admitting defeat, are you? You and me, this isn't working out. Are you saying we should start annoying other people? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that one down. I love that one. I have uh, talking about Les Mis. Halfway through the first act, you'll be drinking humans again. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of long. I know, but it's my favorite. Well, one of my favorite. Oh, no. It's great. <laughs> If I hear one note, one quarter note that tells me you had any involvement, these two won't even have time to kill you. Oh, and anything by Diane Warren will result in your death. <laughs> well, except Rhythm of the Night, <laughs> which I agree. Rhythm of the Night is a great song. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. You always Thanks. like splotchy girls. Oh. It's my curse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shells? Let's. Okay. And the next episode after that is Cheese. Shells Uh, I'm hungry March 3rd, 2004, written and directed by Stephen S. DeKnight Last episode that he writes and directs He he always brings the darkness Um, But uh, I don't know, I think this is one of his best episodes That we've talked about This was was almost as good as uh, Hole in the World Mm -hmm. I thought this was better That's cool I like this episode much more um, okay, so, um, we have, uh, okay, so we're picking right up from the last scene of Hole in the World, yeah. and Wesley's wondering if it's Fred, but then he realizes it's Illyria, who doesn't like hearing her name spoken by the unworthy, so he tries to kill her with an axe, but it shatters. Um, she's disgusted by Wesley's grief, and, uh, so he tries to really double up the grossness about how humanity is going to be all out there and can't avoid them. And you might as well leave. Um, but, but she, that just burns her on. Yeah. <laughs> now she knows that she's got some work to do. Meanwhile, Angel and Spike are on the plane back. And Wesley, for some reason, is not answering the phone. Oh, Spike's trying to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. The little bottles. Um... And I think they're just, they're realizing that, you know, Wesley might not be answering because Fred's probably gone at this point. Um, 
Angel says, though, that in their world, death doesn't have to be the end. He came back, so did Spike, and so did Buffy. She died twice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, we see that Knox is alive for now. Um, he is tied up and being beaten by Gunn, and Harmony is all ready to help out. Harmony and- is the best. <laughs> yes. She is the best. She's the best. Um. Yeah, I love how like in the last episode, Harmony wasn't around um, much at all, and Lauren got to kind of help out. In uh-huh. this episode, like Lauren pretty much like throws his hands up and walks out, and Harmony gets to kind of hang out. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like we only have enough lines for so many characters. Um, Wesley is upset. Gunn never told him about Knox, and Knox is. Uh, it's like oh, you're upset about that. Um, <laughs> But Knox is just oh, – he's so happy. Um, he's like delirious oh, about – Nice, nice. Um, Illyria being here. Um, you so to, You need to quit while you're ahead. <laughs> am I ahead? Am I ahead? Oh, I'm glad. I should. Um, Wesley pulls his trusty uh, gun out and gun <laughs> – he has a gun and the guy's named Gun and oh. um Gun tries to get him to stop and Angel arrives and he's like, Listen, you know, we're gonna get Fred back. It's not over yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, Lauren is the first to kind of throw his hands up. Um meanwhile we see that Gun is not looking like he's looking kind of <laughs> sad in the back about it, doesn't want to say anything yet. Um Wesley says he's sure that she's gone, but Angel wants to get Fred's soul back. And then make sure every son of a bitch who had their hand in this pay. So they decide that there's, you know, who's good with souls and capturing souls and putting them in jars and taking them out of jars. That would be Willow. And everybody who's watching this for the first time is like, (gasps) you know, Um, Willow's going to join the team. Now that Fred's gone. (laughs) Um, so, uh, meanwhile, Illyria is, uh, saves Knox and smashes Harmony clear across the lobby. So we first see how really strong yeah. she is. Um, so they go down to the science lab and Knox shows, hey, look at my bare chest, huh? Got your sacraments right next to my heart. Gross. And he says that he is her Quahazan, her priest. And she says, my last Quahazan was taller. <laughs> and then she, all of a sudden, you know, she realized she's got to do something to kind of power up. And what she, <laughs> my favorite transition, maybe in all of Angel, is when she rips her shirt open in front of Knox. <laughs> yeah. oh. And then we do a quick cut to Angel saying, Himalayas, uh, like on the phone. <laughs> Which Stephen has tonight. Good job. Um but Angel is on the phone with Giles, and Giles says that Willow is not on the, Well, we don't hear Giles. It would be nice to hear Giles. Actually, um, an earlier draft of Hole in the World had them actually visiting Giles in England, not Drogon. Uh, but they actually weren't filming in, in England. They'd have to fly Anthony Stewart Head back to L.A. from England, and they just their budget wouldn't allow that. So they had to make up Drogon because they were like, you know, if Giles says that Fred's going to die, then – Everybody's going to take him seriously. Mm. So that that's just like an alternate universe hole in the world, which would have been probably even better. <laughs> Eleven out of ten. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, nobody's still nobody on uh, Team Buffy trusts uh, Angel, and he is put on hold. And uh, Angel smashes his phone. Um, meanwhile, Wesley is apologizing to Gunn for his anger, and Gunn apologizes too, but he doesn't really say why. <laughs> um, and down in the lab, Illyria, we'd see that we, she ripped her shirt open because she's getting this sweet ass leather body armor, and is like, "Come on, Kim, there's so much potential for Halloween. Look at me." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. And that's when two half-breeds and a bunch of primitives surround her. Oh. And uh, Angel tells her that she has taken something of theirs. Um, and so <laughs> she throws Angel out the window. <laughs> which, <laughs> I don't know, just another like classic Angel falling from a skyscraper. Yeah, great. <laughs> Smash off the pavement. And then walking back in looking pretty messed up. And his and, discussion with Harmony. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, when he comes back. Uh, yes. And he. What did she say? She, what do you say? Sorry. Go ahead. No, I just. I, I can't remember said. exactly. Well, did she throw you out a window? No, then you're still one up on me or something. I don't know. I didn't write it down. But like. <laughs> the one. The, uh, <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, I didn't mention that she does. This is where she shows her power of slowing down time. Mm-hmm. And then she takes Knox and leaves. And uh, Harmony. Like I love that Harmony is just like, well, that's not fair when she hears about <laughs> it. <laughs> and then Gunn tells tells them that Illyria pulled of Barry Allen, which confuses everybody because the Flash isn't on the CW yet. So <laughs> who? Um, and when Spike and Angel are alone, um, they get close. No, they don't get close. Uh, Spike, <laughs> Spike's. <laughs> Oh, they do, they do their classic, uh, we're going to be gross vampires thing and talk about scents of people. <laughs> and he says that Illyria didn't even have a scent. And then he starts to think maybe maybe Fred really is gone. Oh. And uh, Angel, again, says he's not going to let what happened to Cordy happen to Fred. So we go down to the science lab to investigate uh, the sarcophagus. And I love that, you know, Harmony is just happily smashing beakers in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just mess our own place up, you know. But this is like Knox's lab, so, you know. Um, Wesley mourns Fred and says he hates her for being so curious. And Harmony says, the girl of your dreams loved you. That's more than most people ever get. And Wesley says that it's not enough. But isn't Harmony... Good. Harmony is the best in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love... I love... You know, when we get that kind of outsider blunt opinion rather than all these folks that are, you know, this is all happening to them and nothing else matters, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like the, you know, Joyce will never have juice speech by uh, Anya in the body, but <laughs> yeah. just yeah. like yeah. having Harmony there really lightens the episode, but moves the story forward because she's like, well, check the missed calls. He wouldn't have been able to delete that. And so then they yeah. figure that out. And yeah, know. Knox has a uh, Rick Springfield wallpaper on his phone. So, uh, <laughs> my next joke is that perhaps his phone is hard to hold. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Still ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's three uh, missed calls in the last hour on the phone. Um, and Gunn, so, so where are those from? And so Gunn visits, uh, Dr. Sparrow and demands to hear everything that he knows. And, uh, Doc says that he can't bring Fred back and Gunn tells him to take it all back, leave him a vegetable, just bring Fred back. And Sparrow says that 
her soul was destroyed. No. And uh, surprise, Wesley is right behind Gun. He knocks Sparrow out, holds a shotgun on Gun. Shotgun on Gun. Gun <laughs> adm- admits uh, he knew there would be a price to pay, but he didn't think one of them would suffer. He he couldn't stand just being the muscle. So Wesley forgives him for not wanting to go back to who he was, but won't forgive him for not saying anything while Fred was dying, and he stabs him in the gut. Mm. This is getting me mad. Like <laughs> I remember listening to the commentary. You were mm-hmm. pretty mad at Wesley. I'm like, why is his, like, literally all of his logic is going out the window. Mm-hmm. All of his common sense, all of his humanity is gone. Like, uh, over some girl that he was pining over for, anyways. Uh, Kim, some girl. I, get, I, I <laughs> know. He loved her since before he even knew her. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think I think the shooting the lawyer in the leg was like, whoa, whoa, Wesley. But like, and now that she's gone and she's dead, and then she's like, holy crap! Like, I yeah, could've but like, even, had like, more information than I did before. Like stabbing gun, like literally stabbing someone. That is so passionate, and that's so like yeah. intimate and yeah, close. It's too much. It's just like, come on. Like mm. he could go to like again. The story, like the SOD. He could be charged for murder, like attempted murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, come on. Like, Wesley wouldn't think about that. Anyways. But they own the cops. I know, but still. And he has all the best lawyers at his disposal. I, I know. But so does, so does Gun now. <laughs> they just be fighting against each other. It's just so, like, I just, like, it was just so ridiculous. And I was like, mm. this is just too too far for me but i understand for the purpose of you know this story mm. any anyhow angel does like throw him up against the wall but wesley says he didn't injure any major organs and gun's gonna be okay mm. and wesley talks about gun's involvement and angel admits the decision that he made too that you know that he actually did let fred die <laughs> And then Angel tells him, just put these feelings aside for now. We'll hash them out later. We're going to, we need to work, think about Yeah, they, they're they all to blame. Uh-huh. And Spike walks in with some bloody knuckles, and he got one word out of the doctor, Nvalahanesh. And so Wesley busts open the books, and we see a picture of Illyria in her truest form, and her army of doom, which is in a temple in L.A., <laughs> Uh, but just out of phase with the with the time stream. <laughs> so um, we go to um, the uh, I don't know. It's like a bank entrance. What, this actually, uh, I have a trivia about this somewhere. I'll run into it eventually. Boy, catch your book, book guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm a boy now. <laughs> Um, Illyria tries to open the temple But Knox says that Wolfman Hart Must have put some protection on it And um, Illyria says the wolf, ram, and heart In my day Mm -hmm. they were weak Barely above the vampire And uh, Knox says He has a skeleton key Which is a literal skeleton skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah they did use this set before But it's somewhere else in my notes But I did when we go to the hospital room next with Gun, I was like, this is the same hospital room Wesley was in when he betrayed Angel. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wesley's going to put a pillow over Gun's face here. Um, Harmony, though, shows up. She's got the Wolfram and Hart eviction notice. 
and asks him, like, how could he do that to his friends? And he says it's because he's weak, he didn't fit, and more reasons that don't matter now because she's dead because yeah. of him. And we actually get him crying. He starts crying. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I, it touched me. I was like, wow, you know. <laughs> this is a, this is a long way from, like, season one gun where like you're straight dripping or hip hop gun, <laughs> <Hip-hop> yeah. gun. <laughs> street gun i really think like these two are some of his best episodes or best things that i yeah yeah seen him do he's like oh i'm about to be out of a job i gotta, <laughs> I gotta have more stuff for my demo reel <laughs> yep, yep give it to me joss um and uh, so before the gate can be opened, um, Angel, Spike, and Wesley walk in. Illyria wonders why they even bother trying. And Angel launches into a speech where he claims he's the protector of humanity, even somebody as low as Knox. And that's when Wesley just pulls out a gun and shoots Knox. Again. Blam. <laughs> Come on. Um, just it's so jarring. L- yeah. Like, even though they have guns in this, up- or in this series way more than Buffy. But even still, it's jarring and how reckless he is. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just because I'm Canadian, but agreed. <laughs> Maybe if it's because I'm American, but like I'm, you know, I can't help but give a little like silent like fist pump, like <laughs> because I'm You're sorry. So pro <laughs> we, I'm I'm pro uh, I'm pro Charles Gunn. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of revenge stuff. So yeah, uh-huh. but definitely there. But, um, I don't, you, you, like these scenes that Knox has with Illyria where it's like, they're just giving him like jokes after jokes. And it's like, you mother effer, how dare you make jokes right now? Like how dare, how dare these writers put this scene around this guy, giving him funny little one liners to like bounce off of Illyria with like die. You like, just die. We do not like you anymore. <laughs> we, didn't, we never liked you. F you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the actor, Jonathan M. Woodward. This is the third time that he's been killed on a John Sweden show. Uh, he died in uh, <laughs> Buffy, Conversations with Dead People, as well as on Firefly, which uh, I won't spoil for maybe one day Kim will watch Firefly. and uh, Never. You'll be like, who is that guy? I know that guy. Oh, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't remember the character's name. <laughs> no. It's a very forgettable face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Angel, Spike, and Wesley launch into action and get just knocked around constantly. But Angel does get a fast one in. He actually um, has one of those gems from the sarcophagus that Wesley gave him. And just as Wesley is launching into Max Payne mode, which I don't know if anybody's played Max Payne. But you hit a little button and it goes into slow-mo and Max like jumps with like two guns in his hands like it's a John Woo movie. Um, But yeah, Uh, uh, just as he does that, uh, Illyria slows down time. Then Angel sneaks up and uh, clocks her one. But she fights them off again, opens a portal, walks through with Wesley leaping in after her, which is just epic. I don't know. (laughs) So cool. Um, So we are in Illyria's temple. Are you guys still here? Yep. Yep. I think Steph is a MIA for a second. Oh, okay. I heard a click. I was like, did I lose everybody? Um, In Illyria's temple, she finds uh, dust and ruin. And she says, my world is gone. And Wesley says, now you know how I feel. And uh, so she disappears through a portal. So we go back to the office. Angel says they need to regroup and go after Illyria again. 
Um, this is when uh, Spike kind of wraps up uh, his little story line that was going on from the first episode where the, the previous episode where, you know, he was going to leave and Angel wanted to break up with him and <laughs> all that stuff. But he he says that he's going to stay. It's not just for Fred, but for himself. He doesn't like Angel, but what he sees, he sees what's happening in, in L.A. is important. There's a fight coming. Quotes. I don't know if I want to steal everybody's quote here. Anybody have this quote? Uh-uh. Nope. Things are going to get ugly. That's where I live. I love that quote. Um, Spike and Angel are now more allied together after um, trying to save Fred, I think. Um, so we go to Fred's office and Wesley is boxing her items up and her Dixie Tricks poster. <laughs> um, Lyria observes that the shell was important to him. She doesn't say Fred's name ever, which upsets Wesley. Um, and then her fingers spark and she starts talking like Fred and says her last line uh what can i say and which like just like completely like jars uh wesley and he tells her to leave and she says she doesn't know what her place is anymore she needs to learn to walk in this world needs his help he says if she stays she cannot kill anybody she asks if he's helping because she looks like fred and wesley's like uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um Illyria asks if there's anything in life other than grief, and Wesley replies that there's love and hope, as well as the possibility of being surprised. And she asks, is that enough to live on? And that scene's kind of left with a dot, dot, dot. So we go to a WB montage. Uh, (laughs) Gun, Harmony, Lauren, Spike, Angel, Wesley, Illyria. And then we see, finally, the, the flashback, the end of the flashback that started the... Last episode, uh, Fred saying goodbye to her parents as she leaves Texas and drives to L.A. without her (laughs) seatbelt. Completely living dangerously Uh from the beginning. Well, she's moving to hell. Mm. Hell Hell L.A. Hell L.A. And uh, trivia notes, after this episode, the WB started airing the, quote, countdown to the end of Angel promos. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Probably also like, when they got their best ratings, right? They they apparently they uh, they got great ratings. Yeah, that the season it was just the fact that he asked for a renewal earlier than they were wanted to give him give it to him. So, and that egomaniac uh, executive, <laughs> two egos fighting. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Joss. I don't play by the rules. I'm Joss. I've I've made you three shows. Well, too. Firefly was on Fox, wasn't it? Yes. And Buffy ran away. Um. So, shall right. we go to ratings? While well, uh, I don't know what's going Sorry, on. Sorry, I'm trying to close this bo- this plastic box here, and I won't. Shut. Okay. <laughs> Just making more noise than I expected. Um, uh, ratings? Yeah, Jen, you want to go first? Oh, so f- sure. Uh, <laughs> Well, again, it's hard for me, like I said before, to separate these two episodes. I just think they work really well together. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stick with my 10 out of 10 figamonts because <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute and it's so sad and heart-wrenching when she asks for her figamon because we know that she couldn't leave home without it. And then <laughs> yeah. Wesley just packs it away and he – I don't know if he really – I don't think she ever tells him who figamon is. And then he, he just puts it in a box. Oh. 
<laughs> so heart wrenching. And the fact that he, I mean, the, that guy was like, a, it's like based on a professor of the chaos theory or something like that. Um, okay. So it's like chaos. This episode, these last two episodes, throw everything in the chaos a bit. Yeah, but I think that this is really like that. This episode is very. Like, what I think about when I think of Buffy and Angel, like, there's all the darkness, but Harmony adds the levity, and it's very Mm -hmm. complex, and again, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. it it tells the whole story, we, you know, even going from the last episode, there's, Fred is obviously on a journey, Amy Acker is amazing, I think, you know, she's not really River Song, but, or spoilers alert for Firefly, but she has this, like, uh, you know how, um, can't remember who plays reverse song but like how she is a dancer so she has such musicality yes as she's like she has such musicality in her movements and even though initially Illyria is very stilted that's also a form of like dance and movement and how amy acker just portrays her and the movement and learning a, a new body and moving through the world is very complex and so I just think that this episode, these two episodes really kind of, when I think about or people ask like, well, why do you like these shows or watch watch these shows? And sure, you get some episodes like Beer Bad and, you know, things that maybe aren't super <laughs> complex, but these just are like very interesting hours of TV, lots of story happening, everything's working well together. So I just really enjoy them. And like... I don't know if anybody else has to do this, but sometimes you just need a good cry. Like I can turn on this, these scenes from these episodes on YouTube and then like get my feelings out. because I don't, I don't need to like watch the whole episodes to still be connected to them. Like uh-huh. even these scenes, you know, um, just on their own, that the actors are great. And so I just really enjoy them both as a whole. Awesome. Uh, Kim? I enjoyed this episode more than the last one, uh, not vastly, but I, I, the last scene with Amy Acker and, um, uh, what's his face? Dennis Off. Oh, <laughs> Thank <yeah>. you. <laughs> Mr. Hannigan. Like, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was so good. Just like her, uh, Illyria's confusion with everything mm-hmm. because she doesn't understand how, you know, the, the world works now. Cause this isn't her world. Like her, her, her promised army is gone. So it's like, what is she going to do now? Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I thought Amy Acker did an amazing job this episode and it was really cool to see her do something different. I really like when like, um, the female actresses like kick ass, (laughs) like literally. And like everything, everything is just so like, she was super cool this episode. Like, Whereas before I kind of was indifferent to her because she's not, she's not like she's frail physically looking, but she's a very strong character. But I was never like on, on, you know, Fred's team. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've always been indifferent to her, but I'm all in on this Illyria trick. I think she's like super cool. Um, Rad. I also liked, like, again, everybody had their moment this episode. Like everybody, sort of was like the best part of their character um uh, throughout the series if you if you if you know what i mean like they they yeah. the characters are so fleshed out now that they don't need like a bunch of ex- 
exposition and like everyone just sort of did their thing silently and it was just like perfect. And uh, yeah, I, 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 again, I really enjoyed that part of the episode. Again, Wesley ruined it for me by shooting <laughs> what's his nuts, uh, Knox. Remember when so, he made that girl pee in a bucket in his closet? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it seems on brand. <laughs> like, uh, so um, I'm gonna give it nine out of ten missed Halloween costume opportunities. So <laughs> honestly, I I really enjoyed it, but awesome. I can't, I can't give it a ten because I'm still grading everything on a curve. I haven't uh, seen everything yet, so I can't you, give it a 10. You gave Destiny a 10. I know. But That's the Mountain Dew episode. It's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Steph? Uh, I think Stephen Denight did a really good job of matching Joss's tone. Like, these... these Because these two episodes seem so similar. Uh, and everything that you all said. And 10 out of 10... <laughs> uh... Lady phones. <laughs> lady phones. <laughs> yeah, Knox's phone was a lady phone, which yeah. I don't. I don't think it was. It doesn't mean it's a lady phone just because it had. Yo, <laughs> guys love Rick Spring, Springfield too. Um, yeah, I, uh, I love this episode. <laughs> yada yada yada. It's just great. It's just great. Uh, uh, it's great to see Amy Acker uh, play another character, and I did kind of get a little bummed out, you know, so soon after Cordy. Um, uh-huh. But I like looking at it. Like again, it's an, it's another one of those like it's just this weird territory where it's like um, uh, we're going to just ravage another female character's body <laughs> like, to, for the purposes of drama, you know, like. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but so it's kind of icky in that way. But it's also it's like, well, you know, it's not like they're killing her off; they're giving her something different to play with here. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I and I like how you know we are getting like this is this is the final season. We're getting some familiar beats from earlier stuff that it's like remember let's let's call back to a couple things like angel getting thrown out the window um but also like okay so here we are wesley now you know teamed up as far as we know right now secretly with somebody who basically killed one of their team you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well just like wesley was kind of teamed up with uh, lila for a bit and outcasted himself in a way mm-hmm. um and this also gave uh, some great stuff for gun i love the progression of angel and spike's relationship that you know they're they're i hopefully a, a much better team after this um i mean they've always been fun together so um so i'd hate to have the bickering end um, but <laughs> Harmony's great. Um, did I forget anybody? Um, Lauren's but even awesome there, you're usual. touching on like the callbacks and stuff. The reason why I think it was so good as well is because even though there was a callback, it wasn't like afterwards. Like, oh, remember that time you fell out the window? Like <laughs> the audience, the audience knows it, right? And yeah. I think that I think things like that are are, are what I enjoyed like a lot about um, this part of the 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 series, really, because again, the characters are so fleshed out and. Um, uh, the, the, again, the callbacks don't have to be like highlighted with a giant spotlight, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think that I appreciate that. And also, I mean, it's not just like the incidents that are like, like a callback to earlier incidents. It, this is like 
we're putting characters in places where I think they're most interesting. I like yeah. seeing Angel Angel in a good place and being determined. I like Spike wanting to save the girl. I like seeing you know some more substance to Gun and the, him breaking out of this lawyer mold, mold that we've had him in and mm-hmm. have him be kind of tortured. I love me some dark and tortured Wesley. Uh, and now Fred is in this just completely different is, is mm-hmm. this completely different character. Um. You know that's probably the most different than anything, but yeah, um, uh, but yeah, it's some great heading towards the end of the series kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it um, ten out of ten punches into Knox's fucking stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the language. How do you really feel? <laughs> I hate him. <sighs> I hate him. Um, <laughs> quotes. <laughs> Any quotes? 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 Anyone? All I, I mine got... were said. Oh, okay. All mine were said. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll read one. I'll read one, and then we'll move on to feedback because there's a lot. Uh, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, Angel on the phone. All right. Look. What do you mean she's not on this plane? You just set astral projection. Well, is there any way to get her astral over to L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So um, <clears throat> feedback. Let's hear from our uh, who would have been here. Um, it's kind of funny. Amy Acker in the future uh, plays a character named Whiskey. Uh, uh, Matt uh, uh, threw his guest spot away for a Whiskey Fest. So in a way, he's uh, getting some sort of. I want to thank him. These, I mean, I feel super blessed to have been on two weeks in a row. But these are the episodes <laughs> I really wanted. And That's why you got to sign up for that backup list. You never know. I, yeah. But, yeah, these are probably my favorite episodes in season five. So, thank you. um, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. He says, greetings, Redemption Knots. I'm bitterly disappointed I am unable to join (laughs) you on the pod one final time, particularly as I was fortuitous in acquiring this pair of episodes. Rare is it that I have actual concrete plans to do something social-like on a Friday night. But I had a, wi- a ticket to Whiskey Fest in um, SF, San Francisco, um, as and I couldn't uh, pass up the opportunity to get right stuffed and sauced. Uh, <laughs> when folks say Angel Season 5 is great, they're talking about the back half of the season from Smile Time through the season finale. Oh, and by the way, everybody with Robin was wrong about Smile Time. Smile Time isn't so bad. It's good. It's so good. It's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Says you. <laughs> The season, I just think, I think he's right. Um, the season reaches a tipping point with a hole in the wall shells as past threads connect. Gunn, who has been underused all season, makes a naive and selfish decision that inadvertently kills his former schmoopy. <laughs> I can't believe you spelled that schmoopy. I like it. Um, Knox, recently friend zoned, gains sudden relevance by sacrificing Fred at the altar of his demon goddess. What I love about this story arc is that our heroes become accustomed to the white-collar lifestyle at Wolfman Hart, assumed their righteousness would not see them corrupted, yet were blindsided by one milk-toast lab dork. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changes. Fred, often requ- regarded as the purest soul, is murdered in an... It- 
ignoble way. And for what? For naught. Illyria's armies were long ago vanquished. vanquished. Her power is on the wane. She has no allies. She won't be conquering the Earth Realm. She's stuck against these human vermin and less uh, stunk, stuck bleh, stuck amongst these human vermin and lesser demons. Each time Fred, Wesley, Gunn, and Lauren look at her, they see an evil thing inhabiting Fred's body. But in a bittersweet, bittersweet way, fragments of Fred reside in Illyria. And to banish Illyria means closing the door entirely on Winifred Burkle. Wesley is not willing or able to do that. Not just yet. His grief for Fred, his grief for their relationship ignited a mere episode ago with a long overdue kiss is palatable. Alexis Stanisoff and Amy Acker give superb performances. Spike has my favorite line. He looks down in the mass's expanse and says mournfully, there's a hole in the world. Feels like we ought to have known. There's a hole, all right. Right in my fucking heart. When this episode <laughs> when this episode originally aired, I had already known Fred was slated to die because I perused a Buffy Angel spoiler group. Having foreknowledge of her death did not soften the blow. I love Fred. I will miss her. But here's the thing. Illyria. Illyria is also great. She is a fascinating character, dangerous yet vulnerable. Her presence recalibrates the series in fun, exciting ways. I can't believe we're almost to the finale. What a journey. Thank you for letting me accompany you along the path. I give A Hole in the World 10 out of 10 girls that went up to the big Texas sky and shells 10 out of 10 survivors of long dead kingdoms alone in an unfamiliar world. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Uh, let's see. We got some uh, previous stuff I wanted to mention here before we get even further. Uh, Amanda writes in, digging up dirt, she says. Regardless whether or not vampires require some specific burial, in the episode, Drusilla was referred to as wanting the tradition and elements like a burial and dirt. But there have been several on-screen examples to show that this to be actually be unnecessary. Two that spring to mind would be Dead Eddie from Buffy Season 4 opener The Freshman, a.k.a. the one with Sunday, who we see wake up in that frat house, and even further back in Season 3's Helpless, a.k.a. the one with the Cruciamentum, we have the restrained Kralik biting one of Quentin Travers' assistants, Blair, who rose as a vampire right there not long after and set him free. I'm, I'm speaking complete Dutch to Kim right now. I just want to let you guys know. <laughs> like, what? Who the fuck are these people? I, she's referring to whether or not vampires need to be buried to yeah. come back. Um, <clears throat> she continues, the matter of how long this takes is a lot more up for debate, and there's a certain random element to it. Again, in the Drusilla episode, I believe they mentioned it could be any time after sundown because they were worried that Darla could already have risen again, and both shows have played with the timing a lot over the years as needed. If you want a quick SOD for why we fight, er, it was a submarine at the bottom of the ocean, and obviously nighttime? Perhaps even crossing time zones So who knows when sundown was Or what time had passed It needed to have passed since angels sired him Woo, Sort of got away with that I think uh, Amanda the continuity slayer <laughs> <laughs> uh, We have a, a, a new listener uh, His name is Jack He says Hi Rax Notice the, uh, the, the initials here Because uh, yeah I'll read um, I watched Buffy and Angel when they aired, but only recently caught up to your podcasts. I was delighted to find this really old podcast from 2010 and have, <laughs> <laughs> and have really enjoyed listening to you guys during my daily commute over the last few months. 
I've finished Potential Casts, and I'm now most of the way through Redemption Cast Season 3. It only just occurred to me to check this, but I realized that you guys are still going. <laughs> the thing that clued me in was the references to a certain American president who shall not be named. I'm several podcasts behind, so I imagine this has already been pointed out to you, but you guys have been making this podcast longer than Buffy and Angel were on TV. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, love the podcast, and I'm looking forward to your reactions to season four and five of Angel. Keep up the good work. P.S. I really like to hear a raxentary of the first uh, episode of Angel after you finish the full series, and a gaxentary for the first Buffy wouldn't go amiss either. Uh, he says it's Jack from Brighton, East Sussex, England, Britain, United Kingdom, the EU. For now, anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> and uh, uh, thanks for catching up. Wow, he's, awesome. he's gone through that, that many so far. He should be caught I in can, just like a week. I can still remember when I first heard you guys in 2010. <laughs> it was in wow. the, it was in the um, I was waiting for my flights at Dallas to go to Montreal <laughs> for my oh, yeah. friend's wedding. And I can't remember. I think, did someone post about you guys on Whedon-esque? Yeah, yes. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that – and so, like, I've been listening to you, like, when I finished grad school all through starting, <laughs> like, business. It's craziness. Yeah. Well, we had an S that mentioned us, like, once. But, you know, it was it was worth it. It brought a f- few more people in, so. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this next one's from Mike. He says, uh, Amy Acker's acting career sure seems to have fallen into a rut. Join a series, play a human for a while, character dies, continue in a series, playing a godlike being. She does it here in Angel. She does it. I'm going to. It's okay. Skip. I won't watch Firefly. It's, it's not in Firefly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever show she's It's in. a show I actually haven't watched, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and she does say, he does finish it off saying, can't wait to see what happens to her in The Gifted. So thanks, Mike. Um, all right. Next one is from Bruce. Bruce says, so there was Gunn, joking about keeping Fred from Wesley. And boom, he really did it. (laughs) (laughs) Ow. (laughs) (laughs) The writers have found yet another way, uh, found another way to put the world in danger, or at least a few hundred thousand people. They just raised the stakes from why we fight. And Angel lets one die to save many. All... Anytime I get we get the term raise the stakes in feedback uh, for our vampire shows, I just left on the inside. I just wanted to say. <laughs> um, he continues, all season they've been uh, insisting that they can accomplish more good while at Wolfram and Hart than they could ever do as angel investigations. Turns out they were no more correct about that than Fred's insistence that she wasn't a damsel and would find a way to beat this problem. Amy Acker rocks. Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, stop trying to make me sad. Um, this next one's from Heidi. Heidi says, Hey guys, it's been a while, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity to leave you feedback for this episode. I think this is the saddest episode of television ever. This ending just breaks my heart. Dang you, Joss Whedon. I hate that Wesley and Fred finally have their chance, and then in typical Whedon fashion, something horrible happens. But aside from the heartbreak, it's a really good episode. Everyone comes together to try to help Fred because they all love her. It's sweet. Anyway, you're almost done. Can you believe it? Heidi. <laughs> huh? Can you believe we're almost to the end? Oh, no. That's so, what she's uh, six episodes left. Yeah. Three, three episodes podcasts. for us. Well, probably an extra one, maybe to wrap up everything, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
<laughs> we have to Maybe. have like an all-star episode where we bring everybody back. Every previous co-host. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring back Cubby. We'll bring back uh, who was in the first season. Cubby? What's a Cubby? I was just thinking of a Mouseketeer. Oh. We'll bring back uh, Xander's friend. Um, Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> we'll bring that actor on the show. Uh, <laughs> okay. There's I always more- wanted to try and stalk him in Nova Scotia. Like, not stalk him, but like, he filmed a show in my home province. Was that Haven? And, yeah, Haven was filmed in mm-hmm. Nova Scotia. I always wanted to like go to their set, but I was never home when they were filming. <laughs> <laughs> This last one's from Ray. These episodes are some of my favorite Angel episodes. I'm a sucker for for emotional material that involves the death of a longtime character on any show. And seeing as Fred is one of my favorite Angel characters, this gets me every time. This episode feels like a two-parter, even though it's not technically billed as that. But the way that's the beginning of A Hole in the World and the end of Shells are bookended with Fred back in Texas right before she moves to L.A., it's hard not to think of these episodes as companion pieces. Fred's Why Can't I Stay line at the end of the first episode is about as heartbreaking as it gets for me. You have to think that would be the final thought of almost anyone on their deathbed. It's just crushing. But because I'm a TV watcher that loves when a show makes me feel emotions, I think it's crushing, but in the best way possible. If the show had killed Fred and fired Amy Acker, I think I would not have been happy seeing Illyria emerge in shells and knowing that Amy now gets to play this badass character that is a total opposite of Fred is actually an exciting change for the show. Despite the fact that I love Fred, I do think that the show is under using the character. And I think Joss's decision to kill her off and give Amy a new character to play is an indication that he didn't really have any good ideas for the character going forward. Although the optics of killing off the only two female leads a show has ever had in the span of like four episodes is maybe right. not a great statement by Joss, who's supposed to be this feminist icon. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Acker and Alexis Denisoff are both amazing in these episodes. In A Hole in the World, I find that they play those scenes where Fred is on the verge of death so well. You can see Wesley's trying to stay strong for Fred, but can tell that he's barely keeping it together. And Amy plays that weakness and desperation great as well. And the way that both actors turn on a dime in shells is quite good. Amy in particular just blows me away with the way that she can play both Fred and Illyria and make them feel so different. Her posture and the way that she speaks is totally different. I think Illyria really gives Amy a chance to show what she can do as an actress. Overall, I don't love everything about the plots of these two episodes. Nox turning into a supervillain and a couple other things. But even if some of the plot mechanics aren't great, I do think the episodes hit the perfect emotional tone for me. And that's more important. I don't know if how you could watch that final scene in Shells where Fred is driving off to L.A. and not feel something for her, knowing the tragedy that her life is about to come. Working for a dick of a professor at the college, getting sucked into Pylea, living five years as a slave, surviving all that, finally getting her life back only to die because Knox betrayed her. Like, I almost want to yell at my TV and tell Fred not to go. But I do think that introducing Illyria into the mix shakes the show up and gives us some interesting possibilities going forward. R.I.P. Fred, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Some good thoughts. Good thoughts. Thanks for all the feedback. It was looking a little thin at first. I was really worried because a hole in the world is pretty huge. Um, so thanks for the feedback, folks. And I can tell the crew here is wearing out. 
<laughs> so we're going to wrap up. I'm just asking you guys, why can't I stay? <laughs> Let's just keep talking about Too this. Soon. <laughs> Remember my sarcophagus joke? Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, no. Um, so contact information. You can find us at redemptioncast.wordpress.com. What? what yeah. We have a WordPress? Yeah, we have a website, Kim. Oh, I made okay. it like last season. <laughs> we do? <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> have you been saying that every episode? <laughs> no, I just remember. I barely remember to do the contact stuff ever since Illyrio has been gone. Uh-huh. And now that Illyrio is here, I uh-huh. figured I'd mention it. Gotcha. It's funny how Illyrio and Illyrio sound so close. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us at <laughs> redemptioncast at gmail.com. I know that one. Uh, we have a Twitter, twitter.com slash redemptioncast. Did you know we have those? I did. Okay. We don't have an Instagram. We don't need one. <laughs> Follow Kim's Instagram at <laughs> Mims515. <laughs> Friender on Facebook, and uh, <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to get get in on that Instagram before next Halloween because it's going to be an awesome Illyria costume waiting. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'll be the one reminding her. <laughs> Remember last year? Remember when we had that podcast for like ten years? Uh, 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 thank you, Jen, so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me. It was lovely. Um. Steph, you're wonderful and amazing. Mm, thanks. Okay. <laughs> She's so excited to podcast with me some more after this. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, uh, I guess we'll see you all later. Oh, whoa. Uh, we have six episodes left in the series, three podcasts, maybe four. Uh, um, the next episodes we'll be talking about are Underneath and Origin. Underneath and Origin. Do you uh, possibly know what those are about, Kim? Nope. I hope one is a flashback episode. <laughs> okay. That's about uh, it. Hmm? All right, nope. then. I said yeah. that's about it. That's about it. Okay. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye. Namaste. Bye. Bye. <laughs>